Hello, everybody. This is Devani Woodrow with the She Cannot Be Silent series. Today, I wanted to dive into a very personal experience of really what I've been dealing with the last few days to give you some insight of what I'm talking about. I mentioned on my social media, not on here, that I filed a police report against my dad for um, a sexual abuse crime when I was younger. And it got to the point where I had to do a pretext. And that took a lot from me. I am still in recovery, but surprisingly super grounded and like still feeling so strong and proud of myself. So a few days ago, I got a phone call from the detective who was like, all right, at this point, it's just your word against his. Um, It would really help if we could try to get some evidence with the pretext, which is a phone call or text or any form of communication where I can try to get him to admit what he did or they can try to like read between the lines of like his denial in my case. (sighs) But let me tell you, it was crazy. It worked out so beautifully weird. Like it's a super sad thing, but it was so, so oddly connected. So when the detective came over, I tried to call my dad. Um, I didn't hear anything from him. So he was like pretty impressed with how much I kind of already knew what to do to investigate my dad. I think that truly just comes from like my mom having like a narcissistic husband at one point. Honestly, just that being my dad for like my, you know, the years of my brain developing. So I already had an idea of like how to handle people like this. And so he left me in charge of recording it. I call him and I originally was going to record it like I record the podcast, but they only let me do 30 minute series. So I was like, okay, if the conversation goes longer than an hour, I need to try something different. Well, trying something different kind of screwed me, but also did not at the same time where my dad's phone died about like 20 minutes into the call and I went to press stop recording and it started recording. So, gave me another opportunity to make sure I was recording it correctly, but it also forced me to have to do two different times of talking to him. But if his phone wouldn't have died, I would have wasted my time talking to him, told him, like, screw you, never talking to you again. So, it worked out for the better. And oddly enough, after the first phone call, there were some bears in my yard. So, that was like a do-do-do-do spiritual moment for me. Um, Yeah, so... I was so strong. It is powerful. And today I was listening to like the new Billie Eilish, um, Happier Than Ever, like on Disney Plus, like hour long album. And there was a part and I'm not going to say this word for word. I'm going to take my take on it. It was like, to me, it felt so personal. It's like what this podcast is about. And it was like, do you want me to be smaller? Do you want me to be weaker? Do you want me to be quieter? And I was like, oh, that's the power my dad had over me for so many years is he made me quiet. 
but I'm not quiet anymore and I'm not that same girl. During the phone call, he even referenced to the last time I had talked to him when I was 15 or maybe 16 and he was like, don't you remember how confused you were? Like he kept trying to reverse psychology me and use the old confused self who did not understand my own personal truth at that time. And I am so proud of myself with how strong I was. Like the things that I said to him, I truly don't think he's ever had such a strong woman standing up to him. Not only that, I am literally his worst nightmare because I am the only one who can break him. He can fool all these other women. He can make them silent. He can hurt them. He can just move on in his life and leave people in trauma, but not me. I am so strong and I am not silent. Some of the things I said to him, honestly, like in reflection, blew my mind. Um, <laughs> I was taking a bite of my otter pop. <laughs> I... I just had no chill, honestly. Like, for instance, I had told them, like, you know, as great of a manipulator and liar that you are, I can be that too. Because seriously, I told them, I was like, you raised me. I know how you work. And he's good. Let me tell you, he's good. After the second hour-long conversation, it left me questioning my thoughts, but thankfully my body knows. If it wasn't for my body telling me over the last years of my life what happened, I would be that confused 15, 16 year old girl again. And honestly, like all the other confused women who are like, what did this happen? Uh, like he's good. And I know there's many men out there. And one thing that really stuck with me when the detective was over, you know, he's setting up the recording. Um, he's telling me kind of like some ways he's going to contact me. And there was this piece of paper that said, let him talk. And I asked him, I go, on the other side of that, does it say let her talk? Because it's supposed to say like the silence when you're talking to him can actually force them to just, okay, like imagine this, like but longer, like the silence, the other person is going to start talking out of the awkwardness. So that's what the let him talk was for. It was like point. So, you know, you're making sure you're letting him talk or if I'm just rambling on. And so I asked him, does the other side say let her talk? Meaning like, you know, if the woman was the suspect and he was like, honestly, my whole career, I can count on one hand the amount of times women were actually the suspects. Not surprising but huge, huge. It just goes to show how many women are out there going through something that I went through. Whether it's their spouse, a partner, the odds are it's really not a stranger. Typically, it's someone that you do know. And honestly, a lot of the time, someone that you do love. So it's stuck with me in a powerful way. And I know how many women are out there who have either never said anything or have said something and the case went nowhere. But it's a sad thing, but it's a beautiful thing because we're not alone. We have each other. We don't need to go through this alone. We do not need to let it defeat us. 
That is letting them win, and they have already done enough damage. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing when you hold yourself in your own worth and power. So I want to give some insight on some of the things that I said, actually, to my dad. And I might actually um, post, like, the last three minutes of our conversation because it's very powerful. Because, you know, I recorded it all. (laughs) Uh, But... I I just remember telling him, like, all that matters to me is that you know that I know. He doesn't know there's a case open. The detective told me to tell him, you know, like, try to pull the, hey, the statute of limitations is up card. I did. And my dad was like, yeah, I know. And I'm like, you fool. But I'm glad you think so. And it was just some parts of it, you know, I had to play the manipulation card. I was oddly good at it, maybe from a place of strongness and power and also just going through so much mental abuse growing up. I know how to do it. But at the same time, there was a lot that I said was completely honest and it felt so good to let him know. And it was confusing to me because we talked for total an hour and a half. I remember asking him, why are you having this conversation? Because to me, it's odd. He's so comfortable to talk about this. And I'm telling you, like, our conversation was just on repeat. Me drilling into him what happened, when it was, where we were, all this. And then, you know, defense, 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 totally coming off of him. And I get it. The sole purpose of the mind is to keep ourselves alive. And in his mind, he even told me that he left when I was six years old because he was scared he was going to go to prison and die or someone was going to kill him. So think the mind survival mode is like, I could never admit to that. I even tried the like, hey, I'm trying to move on and heal. Statue of limitations is up. It would just be so nice if like we could get through this and move on and have a relationship. Who knows? Maybe I would have if he could be an honest man, but he's not. And I'm definitely going to share like the last three minutes of our conversation or so because it's my closure to him. And I know a lot of us women didn't get closure and it felt so good. Like I remember the detective telling me like, you know, sometimes it could be healing for people to go through this. I'm thinking, what? How is this healing? This is so traumatic. As much as it was traumatic, I never have to talk to him again unless I'm testifying against him in court if it goes there. And a part of me knows it's going to go there because I gave the detective a list of five different women he can contact with statements for separate events. Thank gosh for California, sex crimes are only crimes that can be stacked. So this just feels so powerful. I feel so powerful in my honesty and my truth. It's moving. It's healing. It's just so powerful. But to get into some of the things I said, my dad tries to pull the card. I went and studied child psychology. 
to try to help you guys get through this trauma when you're older. Total BS. Yeah, maybe he went to college, but trust me, that's the weird thing. Like, they use things to manipulate you that to someone who isn't a manipulator can believe. So, like, as I go to explain how it's BS, I can see how that's like, oh, no, this is true. But it's not, and I know in my heart it's not, and I know in my body it's not. But I, (laughs) you know, he talks about all this, and I'm like, well, it's funny because I got my degree in psychology, and he was like, well, I never finished. Like, the moment you start calling him out on his shit, he just doesn't even know what to do anymore. But I let him know. I'm a really strong powerful successful woman who sadly he will never get to see or be a part of my life and it was honestly refreshing for him to know that he was like yeah I know and he was like and I'm proud of you he was like I always hear about how good you're doing it's so interesting how really really sick tormented people still have a soul they still care they still love And I think that's what keeps some of us silent is we're like, we don't want to hurt you. Like, it's like, we'll just, we'll take all that hurt. We will hold it and we will bottle it and we will never say anything to hurt you. Not me. I will not be played. I will not be manipulated. I will not be silenced. This feels so powerful. Oh my God. I've been wanting to record about this for a few days, but it's been just trying to recharge myself, take it slow. It's been nice. I've still been able to cook some food, do some homework, take care of myself. I've really just been watching movies and doing mindless activities, which I'm totally okay with. I need this space for myself to move forward, the space that I never had. And honestly, It's been 18 years since this incident happened with my dad. And this is the effect of me at 21 finally processing it. It blows my mind that memories and trauma stick with you that long. I honestly believe my dad hoped that I just would never remember. My mom hoped the same. She openly told me, I just thought you would forget and have a happy life. I can understand. I understand through all the abuse, confusion, how all of this happened. I even told my dad, do you know how many years of my life I have spent trying to figure out why you did what you did and why you are who you are? And I was just honest. I was like, do you know how many times when I'm angry, I just picture you? Like, if I run into you, I just want to beat you up with a baseball bat. And he's just silent. I silenced him. But I also made him tell the truth. While he openly never admitted it, he admitted it to me. And when my mom listened to the recording, he admitted it to her. And in that moment, me 18 years later, she finally knew the truth. It's such a powerful thing, though. It's 
it's so sad to think, oh, that event happened, but that's that's done long and gone. Now it's our now it's all about who do I choose to be? What do I choose to do with this? To me, I choose to speak the truth. I choose to fight because I will not ever be silenced. I have been through so much, so much, and I'm only 21 and I feel like I've lived so many lives worth of things. I've lived through things that some people will never have to live through, but I take it as an honor because I'm so strong and I'm so smart. And while this might sound confident, good, good. I deserve to be confident and know my worth. I know I have a lot to learn. I know I'm going to go through a lot more. But I'm here for it. And I'm excited for my future. I remember in the last year reflecting and just feeling so proud of the woman I've become. If only I knew at 15 or 16 or even three-year-old me going through this, the woman that I would become that holds space for them and fights for them and lives for them. That's really what a lot of this has been about is I am taking care of three-year-old me. I won't let her be silenced and forced to live and carry on in pain. I'm not her. I am three-year-old me, but I'm not someone who's going to sit and be silenced. I've moved forward. I have grown. And I am strong. It honestly just blows my mind how strong I am. I keep wanting to share some things that I have said in the conversation with my dad, but honestly... Not much is coming to my mind, so I'm going to turn it over to the recording of my closure with my dad. I'll always hold love. But love doesn't mean that you deserve to have me in my life. And I don't love you for who you are. I can love you for the part of my life you held that was good. And I can hate you for the part of my life I didn't deserve. But I'm done. And I truly wish that I would have said something before the Statue of Limitations was up. What? Because you deserved to be punished for what you did to me. I didn't do anything. 
you already know what I've literally ran it over like a freaking a hundred times. You want me to walk you through from point A to point B of what I remember? Yeah, that's what you were told over and over. That makes no sense because you just said that this is the first time you're hearing things. Well, no one's ever told me the things. You yourself told me that. Do you remember that conversation? No, I remember saying that I had been confused in life because I had my own memories. Other people were telling me things, and then you were completely yeah, denying like, it. I don't know if it's just been something that I've made up my head or if what's happening. I mean, yeah, I genuinely was at that point, but I'm not because I have learned my own so truth. You just were like, okay, well, I'll be okay with this thing happening, but it didn't even happen. So that's, that's why I guess you decided you're not going to include me in your, in your life at that point. Because if you're, if you're set in your mind that that happened, and that, that's where you're at. And I guess we're, we're at that point. <sighs> well. So, sorry. Yeah, um, I don't know what I was going to do for you. What? I don't know what I was going to do for you. Sorry. Sorry, I couldn't do more. I guess is the way to put it. I like the sound of that. Man, we've always been shooting you guys that whole time, but that's not really having those words. Do you have any last words before I literally never talk to you again for the rest of my life? Farewell. Yeah, I guess farewell, that's a good way to put it. Let's see. Yep. Like, wait a percent. Bye. I understand in that recording some things he said were choppy, but that's how it was when I was talking to him. This was something extremely personal for me to share. But I hope you can find meaning in it. And him saying sorry is him admitting it. At the end of our conversation, as you heard, after saying farewell, we just held silent in silence with each other. It was like neither of us truly wanted to say bye so we just took as much time as we could having a moment together safely and now it's done and like I said unless I'm testifying against him in court I never have to talk to him again 
And I told him that. I told him, I don't want anything to do with you. We talked about how long it's been since I've seen him. And it shocked me when first he didn't know how long. And then after trying to do some math, it's been 16 years. I have talked to him on and off in my life since then. Trying to have a relationship with my dad and ultimately just trying to have a dad. And I even told him that. I said, do you know how nice it would have been to have a dad? Because I don't. I've never had someone there for me like that. And I'm okay with that. I mean, to a point, I kind of have to be. I just hope I, for all the people that are in my life, can show up and be present and be there for them in the way that my dad never was. And I'm thankful for the times that my mom has been there for me and showed up as both my mom and my dad. And I know other women can relate. And for those of you who don't know, in California right now, I don't know the exact age, but like in year, for me, this all happened when I was three. There's a time frame that you have. If X event happens as a minor between X amount of years, you have till you're 40 years old to say something. My mom turned my grandpa in. The statute of limitation hadn't changed at that point. It, it was not, nothing could be done. But my mom told me before he passed away, he admitted it and said, I'm sorry. It's such a hard, common thing. And typically in the family, there are relationships we still have with people. I don't know what to say about that other than don't silence yourself. Don't let your family tell you something didn't happen that you know that happened. Don't worry if they're going to hate you because they can't comprehend what that person really did. Hold yourself in your truth. Honor yourself. Move forward with your truth. I promise you it is worth it. Please never silence yourself. I hold space for you. Thank you. And I just truly hope you use your voice to tell your truth. <sighs> Thanks, guys. I'll talk to you later.